0: It's hero rewatch. It's hero rewatch. Hey, uh, here I'll do the first part, and then I'll throw it to Austin. I think you'll you'll know when to hop in. Okay. Uh, hi, I'm I'm Marley Halpern Grazer. Uh, I'm 37 years old. I live in Los Angeles. I write animation. Uh, I write cartoons for Hollywood. Uh, my brother Austin Halpern Grazer is uh, 12 years younger than me, so that makes him. Uh, 20, I don't know, 5? I can't do math. Yeah, uh, I just turned yeah, 25. Yeah, he just turned 25. Uh, really. uh, and, uh, he has a cool job where he makes TikToks for the New York Public Library. Uh, but right now, the most relevant piece of biographical information about Austin is... Take it away, Austin. I have a COVID-19, uh, Omicron,
1: probably. Yeah, P- um, B- B-A-2-
0: B-A-2- B-A-2- probably B-A-2, 2 probably.
1: I got the freshest strain, baby. Um, I woke up this morning with a little sore throat, and I was like, "Mm, you know, I had two beers last night. Maybe it's just that. And I went, nah, I'm going to take my last Biden test. And I did, and it said I had COVID, and I am sick. Um, So so get ready for the best episode of all time, motherfuckers. (laughs) Buckle up. Also for a rare, unironic, thanks, Joe Biden, I guess. It worked. Yeah. Thank you, Joe Biden. I got to order. You can get four more, right? I haven't ordered those yet. Oh yeah. I did that. I got, I got my, my second round
0: of, of (laughs) biteys.
1: Yeah. So bite, bite biteys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was funny when I, cause you know, with a rapid test you do it and the test line comes through Yeah. and then you have to wait 15 minutes, but I I looked over at it like seven minutes and I could see the COVID line was there. And I was just like,
0: Maybe it'll go away in six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I was because I, I, I just took one of my my Biden tests uh, the other day and it it came back negative. But I, I, up to this point, I've done a really good job of never even glancing at the test for the full yeah. fifteen minutes. So this yeah. time, as about seven minutes in, I looked over and saw that the control line was there, but the COVID line wasn't, and I was like, "Wait, but I've never looked at them before. Is that what's supposed to happen?" <laughs> is mm-hmm. it okay that the control light showed up so fast
1: yeah well, Yep. Yeah, so, so it, I, it does yeah i didn't know that nope uh shockingly the one that says you have covid does show up at a certain point if you have covid yeah within yeah. that 15 minutes some way and it, it does doesn't that. go
0: away it does yeah you were hoping that like that's a stage where like the covid line appears and then says nah and goes away.
1: <laughs> yeah and it's like wait a minute we thought about it more. No no <laughs> no no no. We no, checked no, no. our
0: sources. Uh, yeah so I mean you're you're currently you're having the the classic young person covid experience of you just feel a little run down and you're you said your sore throats even uh, taking a break. Mhm.
1: Yeah it's not not too bad um this is going to be a real test of it because i plan to now talk for one hour Um, (laughs) but i got i got tea here um and we'll see how long this episode is definitely this is the most ill one of us has been when we've recorded but not the illest one of our family members has been while we've recorded an episode um, do you want to take it away,
0: Marley? Yeah, sure. So we're, we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 today, uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, pretty weird because when we did the Guardians episode, which we recorded in person while we were all home for Christmas, uh, while we were recording, uh, friend of the pod, Josie Campbell, uh, mm-hmm. also known as my wife...
1: Yeah, I like uh, to call her the wife
0: of the pod. Yeah, wife of the pod. Well, she's not married to the podcast. Sister-in-law to the pod. Yeah, there's, yeah. Uh, That's better. Very close associate of the organization. Uh yeah. Was uh, so sick with a stomach flu that if she had gotten even the tiniest bit sicker, we would have had to go to the hospital.
1: And we were like... You know what? This is a really good opportunity to record
0: a Guardians of the Galaxy episode. Um, uh, yeah, so we spent the the day when we recorded that episode. I don't. Uh, oh yeah. Listeners will remember that we we started the episode. We did a little cold open, and then we watched the episode, and then we came back and recorded it. And what you might not have realized is that we watched the movie at like. 1 p.m. Or something Mm
1: -hmm. and then we
0: recorded the episode at like midnight because that's how bad and crazy that day had gotten
1: Yeah, you can tell we did the pre recording before the movie and then we come back and we're like it's a lot of hours later um (laughs) uh, let's go
0: so yeah Um, during the whole day when we were like running around uh trying to find like medicine at drugstores because it wasn't just covid specific stuff that was sold out during omicron it was anything that any sick person would ever need yeah uh and we would just like we're driving through the woods of upstate new york trying to find like advil or whatever uh Mm -hmm. and every time i would look over at austin he'd just look back at me and be like hey rocket raccoon is so funny <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah that's the first thing i say on the actual episode because um, so, he is
1: he's so funny yeah
0: so austin i just want to say to you that uh you know i rest up i hope you feel better and uh just remember that rocket raccoon is so funny <laughs> um
1: when we were watching it at the i made a joke where i was like good job bradley cooper and thomas was watching it he was like what and i was like bradley cooper voices rocket raccoon and he was like no he doesn't and i was like yeah he does and he was like why is he so good at voice acting and i was like yeah it's crazy
0: yeah i mean i I'm, I'm sure i said this when we did this last episode but like i've never been more wrong in reacting to a casting announcement than with bradley cooper like I was just so, you're just so used to people casting movie stars as voices and then not getting much out of it because their voice is not the cool thing about them. Yeah. And I was just so sure that was going to be the case with Bradley Cooper and I was, he's so good. I can think of
1: very few movie stars who have done more of a voice for a character.
0: Yeah, you just cannot tell it's him. And you can't imagine that voice coming out of his face.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah it, it's 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 crazy they cast it they must have thought i don't even know if they thought he would do more of his own voice and then he came in with that Not, or uh, yeah I, I don't know he, i mean
0: but like he does comedies and stuff like i sh- i don't i shouldn't really have been so surprised
1: and he's like went to the actor's studio he's a
0: very yeah. pla- like
1: <laughs> he's a very trained actor yes yes um, yeah fa- but, fa-
0: famously went to the yeah actor's studio but uh um, yeah, so anyways, yeah, he's, he's so good. Uh, I mean, uh, with voice modulation, Vin Diesel is doing a real voice as a baby Groot in this movie. Yeah, I really don't know how much he did for this one, you know? <laughs> I don't Well, cause yeah, Groot talks a lot less, he, he still only says I am Groot, but he says it 80% less times in this movie, I think. Yeah,
1: cause he's baby. He's a baby, <laughs> he's, yeah, a baby.
0: Ba- he's a baby Groot.
1: I'll say, too, so I remember when I first saw this movie, I remember n- not liking it that much, but Love and Baby Groot. Okay, um, so my my
0: memory, I think this is going to be the case for this whole run of movies. I remember liking this movie a lot. Um, I remember thinking, I remember having an opinion about the sort of second act that I'm just going to, I still have, so I'm going to repeat it when we get to it. Uh, but, yeah, I remember, I think I told you, this is actually probably the Marvel this is the Marvel movie I've wanted to rewatch the most, but just never got around to it. Like mm. whenever, like there were to- a lot of times when I was like, oh, you know what? I'd love to watch Guardians volume two again. That movie was great. And then I just didn't make, make it, didn't happen. Uh, but it's like, you know, I never had that thought with like Ant-Man or Doctor Strange. But this one I was always like, yeah, that was a good movie. I'd love to see that again. Basically, anytime Brandy plays on the radio, I'm like, oh, I should watch Guardians volume two. <laughs> It had good music. I remember. I listened to both of these soundtracks a good yeah. amount. I do like um, the soundtrack for Volume One better. I I have decided that's my new my new take is that Volume One had cooler songs. I think. Yeah. I love Man. Mr. I love Mister Blue Sky, but I think yeah, I, Dan, mo- Dan, more of my favorite songs are in Volume One. Yeah. Dan, Dan Austin for for people listening at home. Austin is just sort of. Doing the baby group dance by, yeah, by himself I, right now. I was uh, just imagining head, Mr. Blue Sky in his head.
1: <laughs> I was just imagining uh, what this podcast episode is going to be like. I might have a mental fog. You know what they said, <laughs> Oh, yeah, <so>. yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, COVID brain. You might have a little bit of COVID brain. I do uh, objectively have COVID brain right now. Yeah, um, well, I mean, I don't know that everyone experiences that as a symptom. But
1: for me, I have COVID, and it's my brain. <laughs> it's, yeah. How, I can still how's your smell. smell. Yeah,
0: well, if you can still smell, that's the main thing it does to your brain. They, they do, They
1: I think smell isn't as often a symptom for Omicron. Mm. Um, maybe, I
0: don't yeah. know. No, I've, I've, um, I've, I've heard that Omicron uh, <laughs> specifically gives you a sore throat more often, and and, and sometimes like it's all upper respiratory stuff. That's why it's worse for that. Let's just do some COVID PSA stuff because I should get something out of knowing all this stuff that scares me. Uh, That's why Omicron is not as serious for adults, but more serious for children. Uh, Mm. Because uh, adults have big, long necks that it's fine if you get some infection in. And children have little necks that it's real bad if they get some infection in. (laughs) And another little PSA. Even though we uh,
1: Marley has said that I'm a, a big boy, now I'm actually an adult man.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> so um, don't worry about it, lawyer loyal listeners. I should be fine. Yeah. I got a yeah, long neck. Yeah, you got a big long neck. Uh, yeah,
0: I mean you're taller yeah. than me. Uh, Tall in the neck, baby. Tall in the neck. Uh, I'm just yeah. looking. You're, at you're basically the best. Are you the best age to have COVID? Or is it like, 18? Probably better. Could I be the very best
1: age to have COVID? <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, sure. Um, uh, for old COVID, it was just the younger you are, the better. Like if yeah. You'd be a nice six-year-old. You'd yeah, be doing great. Yeah, that's what
0: you really wanted. But, yeah, but Om- Omicron has, has been
1: making kids a little sicker. Yeah. Um, uh, and this is another good time to say I'm not vaccinated. Um, <laughs> again, I've been saying this to a lot of people because I couldn't go a day with my arm being weaker. Oh yeah, um, you couldn't
0: handle even one day of not being able to flex on people <laughs> or and throw things. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Throw. What what? How would you go a whole day without dunking a basketball?
1: <laughs> yeah, how would I even do that with the discomfort? No, I got I got all the shots. I got three of them. Three. Yeah. Now I'm yeah, getting.
0: We're not qualified for a, a second booster yet because we're we're young.
1: Yeah, and I won't be now for like three months or something because I got real COVID.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I got my the the other the other thing that was going on when we did our last uh, Guardians was uh, I hadn't gotten oh, my yeah. booster shot yet because I couldn't because I was getting over shingles. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so the fun part about that now is that I've had my booster shot pretty recently. So I wouldn't, even if I was 50, I wouldn't be ready for my second booster yet. Because I got my booster three months ago. Um, okay. Let's jump right in. I kind of think I might have
1: no memory of this movie but the notes <laughs> that I wrote down. <laughs> That's why I was just looking into space. Because you were like, the songs. And I was like, yes. What. Is what songs were in this movie? Yeah,
0: um, uh, yeah. Let's just jump right in. So, uh, we'll, we'll let's let's do it in 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 sections a little bit. So, like the opening is you you meet all the characters. They're all yeah. they're like kind of mercenaries now kind of it's actually that I would say it's a tiny bit confusing what the current deal for the guardians are because it, it opens and they're doing a job where they're protecting space batteries from a space monster but then you yeah. find out that they're doing it because the people who are are paying them are paying them in giving them nebula because mm. they nebula tried to steal their batteries and they arrested her but and they're so, gonna ransom her yeah but also it's like it's a pretty big personal loose end that Gamora's evil sister still running around.
1: Yeah, well, they just wanted her in the movie.
0: No, I know, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I have COVID. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, uh, I, I'm saying I, the idea is supposed to be they're basically mercenaries now, but the only job you see them doing, they have a pretty personal reason to do <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. But um, they talk a lot about about selling stuff and making money and raising their rates. Like that's definitely what they do.
1: Marley, we talked so much about the Paramount logo. This is the first movie with the terrible opening credits they still have. Mm. Um, the, the big the big ones that take three it, minutes now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just it's just such a shame because the classic Marvel logo of like comic book pages flipping and then becoming the, the Marvel logo is so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's a bummer that it changed. Also, I actually did not pay attention to the logo this time. Is this the one that also starts with script pages? Oh, I don't know. Because the, lo- the current logo does actually make me sad because it used to obviously start with comic book pages and then becomes like, ah, this comes from the comics. Mm-hmm. But now the new logo starts with script pages and then it turns into the live action actors. Like the logo is entirely about the movies now with no yeah. direct reference to the comics anymore. Which isn't, you know, intentional.
1: Because uh, they're just trying to remind people that these are in this movie universe.
0: Yeah. So that that I miss but. the I miss the flipping comic book pages. But uh, also, I think in the old days, the flipping comic book pages would change to be the comic the movie was based on. Uh, yeah. And then I think Marvel Studios, I think, never did that. But when like they would do like the Marvel logo before X Men or before Spider Man, I think it would do that. But maybe I'm um. wrong. I'm not gonna check. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, right. Um, send us a letter if uh, yeah. Marley's right or not.
0: Yeah, send us a letter. I will. I will only accept a physical letter sent by mail. If you send me an email, I'll delete it.
1: <laughs> the I think the opening of the movie so fun though with the the, the sequence with Baby Groot dancing yes. around while they're all fighting the monster in the
0: back. It's um, no, it's great, and it's a great way of like invoking the Star Lord dancing from the first movie, but being totally different.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah uh, Also I want to talk about Baby Groot Because you and I do this thing That I think is very funny And I have no evidence that anybody else thinks it's funny Where we call Any fully CG animated character In these movies a cartoon Uh huh. Because <laughs> it's funny to say That Hulk's a cartoon in this movie <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, or, But I actually do think As an, as an animation professional Mm -hmm. I do actually think there's a difference between an animation, an animated thing and a cartoon, because I think a Mm -hmm. cartoon, if you say that someone, a character is a cartoon, I think that means they're like a, like a Bugs Bunny, Roger Rabbit, Mickey Mouse kind of guy, not just Mm -hmm. that they're fully CG. I think that Baby Groot is the first character that is actually a cartoon. This is a Uh full, this is a full from a different movie cartoon character. Uh Uh-huh just the, uh, yeah the, the way he's designed and the way he acts and everything like
1: and even his his limbs are stretchy
0: yeah yeah <laughs> he's got he's got rubber hose limbs going on uh yeah. it, it did just struck me how much less in addition to this movie being really colorful and and really out there i feel like it was it's a big turning point of them just not being at all concerned, whether it's like plausible or believable that this is real anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, they are not trying to make him look, be like a
0: real little guy made out of wood mm-hmm. at all. Um, no, yeah, not, not at all. Also because he's so small, anytime mm-hmm. someone's supposed to be like holding him or whatever, you could just see the actor being like, wouldn't I crush him? What am I, yeah. what do I do with my hands? <laughs> Like, no yeah. one firmly grabs him. They're all just delicately lifting him.
1: <laughs> I do think it's smart that they just have Groot be a different size in each of these, because mm-hmm. he would just be the, he just can do so little at each size. Like, yeah. if he was just big Groot in every one of these movies, it would be a, a lot harder for him to be doing a different thing in each movie.
0: Yeah. So, oh, so actually, you know what? I do have a, uh, right from the start, I'll say I have a, cause you know, you see Groot, uh, Little Groot is actually more... Baby Groot's more violent than uh, Big Groot. It's just ineffectual because he's so small. He's constantly trying to kill people. Yeah. He does kill one person. Mm -hmm. Uh, But do you think... So I think Baby Groot is even more of a Hulk or a King Shark than Big Groot because... A running joke in this movie is that when you say things to baby Groot and he just 100% does not understand what you said to him, usually yeah. he does the opposite of what they've asked him to do. Mm-hmm. Do you? I think that this is not because he's a baby and it's just because that's what Groot's always like. hmm <laughs> I think this movie is a, 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 a solid win in the Groot's not totally a person category. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean... How do you feel about
1: that? What do you mean Groot's not a person? He's a little (laughs) twig man.
0: Yeah, I just mean, like, he's just so... He's so... Doesn't really understand speech. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yes. But I love that he can talk. Yeah, he can still talk. He can... He's
0: apparently saying full sentences. Yes. Um, No, I mean, my favorite... Yes. By jumping ahead to when uh, Rocket and Yondu are in the jail cell and they're trying to get Groot to... Steal them Yandu's fin so they can escape. Uh-huh. Uh, and they're trying to explain to him what the fin is, and Groot doesn't understand. And uh, Groot has that line where he's like, He doesn't like hats. And then Rocket's mm. translating for Groot. He's like, Yeah, he doesn't like hats because sometimes you think a person has a weird shaped head, and then they take it off and you realize it's a hat. And then Rocket stops. And he's like, That's why you don't like hats? <laughs> <laughs> And I like the idea that Rocket's always known Groot didn't like cats yeah. <laughs> and just now realized how stupid his reason was.
1: Yeah. So do you, th- do you think baby Groot is the same Groot or is Groot's
0: kid? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. You know what? I'm conflicted because I think in these movies, I think I would say that he's Groot's kid. But I mm-hmm. just know from the comics that the way Bert Groot works is it's the same Groot. So yeah. I'm, I'm hard, it's hard for me to... Uh, separate that because Groot, Groot can regrow from a twig in the comics and he's definitely the same guy when he does it um yeah but in these movies i would probably say this is Groot's son
1: <laughs> i guess he's technically a clone right oh yeah like the way he's, yeah he's, he's from he's a,
0: a he's a graft
1: <laughs> yeah so i i guess it just depends on where Groot's memories are stored
0: yeah i mean yeah there's no who knows if Groot remembers saving them uh it doesn't really come up because all he can say is I am Groot
1: (laughs) yeah no one ever has a conversation with Groot about um what
0: what's he up to or how he feels yeah (laughs) um uh so yeah I think we could just talk about Groot for like another hour um so they steal the batteries from the sovereign who are a bunch of uh asshole people who are all gold painted Um, gold painted gold uh, this is another, this is a good example of the thing James Gunn does that I, you know, I, it's fine. I like it, but he just takes characters that are technically from the comics and just 100% changes their deal in a, in a mm-hmm. way that I think any other filmmaker would get flack for. It's impressive that he's managed to pull this off um, mm-hmm. because he's he, the sovereign, maybe that name comes from Marvel, but he's, he's made them up. But the, the main, the high priestess, the evil gold woman who then puts a bounty on them for stealing her batteries, uh, which becomes a, a B-plot for the rest of the movie, the, her name is one of the names that the female Adam Warlock has. Mm. Um, she's usually called Kismet or her, um, but that's but that's her. Uh, her, her she's her. Uh, and so he, the at the very end of this movie, the end credits tag is that when the Guardians escape her, she's going to create Adam Warlock to get them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because... She is a second Adam Warlock in the comics. I
1: was just going to say, I like that in the Marvel movies, there's basically two kinds of aliens, which are just like Halo alien guys or people just painted a color. Mm-hmm. Um, there's very little middle ground. Like through this whole movie, most aliens are just straight up a man painted a color. Um, yeah. Even the people in the main cast who yeah. are except Groot. All...
0: Yeah. No, that Rock. Stuff. Well, Rock, I mean, Rocket's a- alien adjacent, I guess. I mean, he is... In the, I guess Rocket is supposed to be unearth Raccoon who was abducted yeah. and turned into Rocket. Uh, I kind of hope the third movie does s- some origin Rocket stuff. I'd love to. You know see what I was thinking, Marling, that.
1: You know how this whole movie, there, you know, keep, people keep calling him different animals, and it, he's upset about it, and he doesn't mm-hmm. like being called a raccoon. Do you think that that's going to be his arc? And then in the last movie,
0: he's going to be like, "I'm a motherfucking raccoon," and shooting mean, people. I would love that because, you know, the only thing I don't like about movie Rocket is that I don't really like the joke of him not liking being called a raccoon because I like it in the comics when his full name is Rocket Raccoon and he loves that he's a raccoon.
1: <laughs> yeah, when saying I'm a
0: raccoon is his main thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I think they go to like, they go, there's some Guardian storyline where they go to another universe and Rocket just starts saying like, welcome to the raccoon universe <laughs> <laughs> I like that <laughs> um, uh, Although the saying Don't call me a Flarkin and raccoon uh, Has moved That's in the comics now obviously Because all of them in the comics are the movie versions now That's what happens when unpopular comics characters Get a movie The comic version goes away forever <laughs> Yeah yeah. You know Groot used to be the king of uh, The king of the tree people
1: <laughs> He sure wow. isn't
0: now Now he's a big man who's sort of a dog <laughs> Yeah, now he's Chewbacca. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I, hey, I said that's what I said. <laughs> yeah, he is a, dog. a big a big man who's sort of a dog. <laughs> um. uh, yeah, Groot's Groot's old deal was that he was uh he was the king of Planet X because uh, he's a Groot is a pre superhero Marvel monster character where it was yeah. just. Uh, Normal humans had to deal with an invasion by Groot from Planet X, a big tree monster. They defeat him with uh, uh, termites. Oh, one of the few things wood is weak to. (laughs) Yeah, not, not, you know,
1: fire or (laughs) rot. (laughs) Can you imagine how bad Green Lantern would do against Groot? Oh, man,
0: that's, yeah, well, yeah, you're right, because Golden Age Green Lantern would be contemporaries with Groot I guess regular yeah. Green Lantern's weak against the color yellow so he would do bad against the sovereign because they're all gold <laughs> yeah you're
1: right but so if he was in this movie Green Lantern would just be yeah because if you don't know against Golden Age Green Lantern is also weak against wood yeah only um... wood
0: uh they eventually explain it by saying that uh, Green Lantern just happened to get sucker punched with like a wooden bat early in his career and it convinced him he was weak against wood and that weakness of will made it true
1: <laughs> mhm
0: yeah uh... interesting stuff uh... <laughs> <laughs> If you can, believe it. If you can um, believe it. I You know, the uh, if there's one thing, our audience of mostly people who don't even watch superhero movies, if there's one thing they want, it's facts about Alan Scott, the Green Lantern no one talks about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the one who wore a cape and just pants pulled up to his waist, <laughs> <laughs> up to his belly button. <laughs>
1: Man, that'd be an
0: easy costume to do. It really would. Uh, It'd be great. Also, uh, I can't help it. I got to talk about the origin of Green Lantern because it's the funniest thing in the whole world. Okay, do it, Marley. All right. So they uh, they needed a new superhero, right? The editor's like, we got it. Batman is doing so good. People can't get enough Superman and Green Arrow. We need another one pronto. Mm -hmm. And so the writer's like, oh, God, I got to come up with another goddamn superhero. All right. Well, I'm just going to go home and think about it. And so he gets home. goes home on the subway which back then had guys standing at the tracks directing the train traffic with fucking lanterns with a green Mm -hmm. and red for go and stop oh wow so he sees the guy holding up the green go lantern he's like yeah green lantern fuck it (laughs) (laughs) sure
1: Um, okay so you know this movie it just keeps on going um uh. So, yeah, I mean, to, to
0: jump to jump to the important part of this movie is uh, also there was a cold open where you see Star-Lord's dad and mom and you, that that Star-Lord's dad is an alien. <laughs> and, is Russell,
1: and it's Kurt Russell. And it's Kurt Russell. It's a,
0: it's a D.H. Kurt Russell looking better than D.H. Michael Douglas. They're getting better at it. Yeah. Um, but uh, – uh, the, anyways, the sovereign are sending little drones against them. All the sovereign spaceships are drones, and they're mm, they're controlling make, them with like arcade machines that make arcade yeah, sounds. It's very they fun. make
1: Pac Man sounds. Yeah, they
0: make Pac Man sounds. It's great. One of the sovereign is Ben Browder, who's from the show Farscape, and uh, Guardians is very much like Farscape. So I think it's very cool that he got to be in this movie. Obviously, That's his cool. show was an inspiration for these movies. So give him a hundred thousand dollars. Why not? He deserves it uh farscape's fun because all the aliens are by jim henson so they're insane
1: <laughs> yeah they look they look they're not just people painted blue yeah all the aliens are puppets like they should be
0: <laughs> cool
1: puppets <laughs> um yeah so then they get saved then they go through a an asteroid field and then they get saved by uh ego on a little ship and then they crash land on a different planet different they don't plan it Um, and I like that, so Drax is being dragged on the back of the planet, on the ship, just hitting into thing over thing, thing over and over, which I do think it's fun that Drax is like the kind of indestructible that, um, a lot of characters are in the comics in this movie, where it's just like, clearly nothing can hurt him at all. Yes. Um. But I do think it's funny that so he just keeps smacking into things and Gamora is like struggling to hold him there. Um, And it's like if she just let him go, he'd stop hitting into things
0: (laughs) and be fine. Yeah, he could definitely survive the fall and all you're doing is hitting him into more trees. (laughs) Yeah. So like I guess she's just like I don't want to
1: have to find him. Yeah. Like I want him to stay with the ship.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Uh, Yeah. You know what? I think probably more. mm. Oh, go ahead. He was an
1: anchor. She was trying to slow the ship down. Oh,
0: right. Every time he hits a tree, <laughs> it slows them down a little bit. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, one of the only, like, there's a lot of funny Drax moments in this movie. Basically, the only cool thing he does is right before this, with the reason he's hanging on the outside of the ship, oh, yeah. is their their guns are broken. And there's a hole in the back of the ship. And there's one more sovereign drone <laughs> And so Drax puts on a little bubble spacesuit, which also establishes they have those, which becomes important later. And he jumps out of the ship with himself tied, and he just eyes it and blows up the the the, uh, the ship with the with a gun. And then that's kind of it. Drax doesn't like do another cool thing for the entire movie. Uh-huh. And I just thought about it because Dave Bautista has been surprisingly candid about not liking the direction that the Drax character took after the first movie. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that he says is that it bummed him out that Drax becomes only a joke and that there's really no counterbalance of, oh, he is actually, like, a good fighter with cool powers. And uh, I can see why he might feel that way because I actually, it did notice in this movie that, like, Everyone else pretty much has a moment where they also do something cool in addition to being funny, and Drax has less of those, considering his whole thing is supposed to be being really good at fighting. <laughs> yeah. Part of it is that basically sorry. this This movie never has a villain. This movie at, at no point really has an antagonist that it would make any sense for Drax to be good against. It's not, he's not, well, it's not a movie that really needs Drax powers. So then they meet, they meet Ego, who does not address himself as, he doesn't introduce himself as Ego the living planet. Uh, he does just say he's Ego. He's also Kurt Russell with a, a cool beard now. Mm.
1: Um, and... I- Oh, yeah, go ahead. I, w- I will say about Dave Batista in these movies, I do think, yeah, in this movie, he's way more of a joke. And the th- it gets mentioned once, but the thread of, like, why he's doing this and that he wants revenge for his family being killed does kind of get completely dropped. Yeah. And it's like, not – there's he, not really any reason for him to even be there with them. Um, yeah, because
0: he was never a mercenary. <laughs>
1: No. Um, and he,
0: he he mentions his family a lot. Like they they use the sort of emotion of the of him grieving his family, but they never remind you that that grief gives him a purpose.
1: Yeah, and also no one like respects him in this film. Like no. in the last film there was a lot of people being like, "Oh, that's Drax the Destroyer." And in this one it's just like, "Ah, Drax fell down." Yeah. Um
0: and also you know day, his but... characterization is a little weird. Like I cuz in the first movie I feel like the pitch was He doesn't understand, he's so deadly serious that he doesn't understand when anyone's being metaphorical or sarcastic or anything other than literal. And that's what was funny about him was him reacting to everything literally. And in this movie, his thing is he has a really misplaced sense of humor where he just thinks serious things are funny. He's constantly laughing at people for stuff that's that's just mean.
1: You know what's weird about this movie? Everyone is laughing constantly. (laughs) I don't think I've seen a movie where more people laugh. Like, every single character's thing is that they laugh inappropriately. Like, Rocket does it so much. Drax does it so much. They're just all constantly laughing in the
0: movie. I don't know. It just stuck out to me this time. I feel like Rocket is like that in the first one. Uh, but yeah, but it's new. I, I remember when I saw all the trailers for this movie with all those moments of Drax, like, thinking things were funny, mm-hmm. I was positive that there was, like, a plot in this movie where, like, something happened to Drax. I just think that that also happened, like, other
1: character, I feel like Quill also laughs at some things in the movie. I just kept noticing characters laughing in a way where a lot of times in movies, no one is shown laughing on screen for the entire film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like,
0: I don't think, like, in... In in the Avenge, in Avengers, no one laughs at any of Tony Stark's jokes.
1: Yeah.
0: Or in Yeah. It's a is a different tone for them to all know that it's fine. I mean, I think part of it is supposed I think part of it is Gun trying to to sell the idea that like these guys were all basically enemies in the first movie and mm-hmm. they come together in the movie, and now he's trying to show you that like they're they are friends now. Like they're all you know, rocket and uh, quill have like a fight in this movie when they're fighting over who should be piloting them through the asteroid belt and mm-hmm. that's why and that they're fighting over it is why they crash um but the idea is supposed to be the fight is has the fight is serious because they were friends yesterday like they're all friends now mm-hmm. And I think them all, like, laughing at each other's jokes, even if it's a little... Y- even though it's usually at someone else's expense, it shows, yeah. the, like, the three people who are laughing are friends.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're palling around. Yeah. And they're having fun. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they're not dour. Um, no. Uh, yeah, Ego shows up, and he's like, I'm I'm your dad, Peter. Um, do you want to go to my planet?
0: <laughs> yeah, and um, I, I had forgotten... I remembered that they get split up in this movie. I'd forgotten how little reason there was for it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because I don't... What happens is uh, Peter and Gamora and Drax go with Ego Mm -hmm. to his planet. Mm -hmm. And then Rocket and Groot and Captured Nebula stay behind Mm -hmm. to fix the ship. Mm -hmm. But, like, I'm not really sure why Drax goes with them. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure why they don't all just go with him and then come back for the ship. (laughs) Yeah, or yeah, why they don't wait. Or or yeah, wait for them to finish. Why Ego can't say, here's the coordinates, come meet me. I mean, I get that Ego's trying to kidnap Quill, essentially. But you never have that moment where Quill's like, oh yeah, we'll be there in a week. And he's like, no, 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 it has to be now for some bullshit reason. Like, you never see that happen. (laughs) They never say, could you help us fix... Our ship, God, man, <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. So it's just it's just like taken for granted that they have to split up with not much of an explanation. It's fine, but I just I had forgotten that. Yeah, um, uh, and also uh, Ego has with him uh, uh, Mantis, uh, which is mm-hmm. how uh, we introduce uh, introduce Mantis, um, and she's another one where if you did comics Mantis, it would be she'd just she'd be Gamora with Atanas. Um, Mm -hmm. because in the comics, mantis is green. Uh, and she's like a mantis, like a mantis. And she's super good at fighting. Uh, yeah. So she's not like a bug. She's not like a bug lady. Like, In the comics, she's human. She was born in Vietnam. Uh, She just is an Asian woman uh, who has a lot of space stuff happen to her. And eventually she gets turned green for some reason. And she ends up as a space character. She hangs out with Silver Surfer for a while. She is on the Guardians of the Galaxy in the comics. Um, Mm -hmm. But she's not an alien. Um, And so the movie, you know, it's sort of like Drax. Like Drax is not an alien in the comics. Drax is a human uh, who him... Drax's Drax, his daughter, and his uh, wife, who are all humans, are killed by Thanos, and Drax Mm. is resurrected as the Destroyer. Uh, Mm. And so, a lot of the way, part of the reason this movie, these Guardians movies, get to be so crazy and they get to be so, in some ways, comics accurate, is because movies have trouble with more than one explanation. For a super thing in one movie, that's why Iron Man fights a big Iron Man, and why Ant Man mm-hmm. fights an evil Ant Man. But because this movie's explanation is they're aliens, that covers yeah. everybody.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: you can have a bug, a woman with antennas, and a strong green guy, and a tree ant- guy, because you don't actually have to explain it. You just say they're aliens, yeah. and so they they made that the explanation for characters that actually have like a superhero origin in the comics.
1: Almost all of them do, right? Yeah. Like even they all have crazy sweaty long explanations (laughs) in the comics yeah because like
0: none of these people are nor and it's and it's one of the weird one thing that's a little weird about the movie because like so drax is like this insane indestructible super strong warrior i guess in the movies there's a whole planet of him
1: (laughs) yeah yeah
0: because even if thanos killed his family we know thanos only kills half the population so there's still potentially three billion people as strong as Drax.
1: yeah i guess so just I mean, also, yeah, they keep it really nebulous how strong any of these people are in these movies. Yes. Like, they don't do any shots of Drax picking up big things.
0: No. Um, he, I, I would say indestructible more than strong is probably how I would describe him in the movies.
1: He's, like, indestructible in the way that, like, a Three Stooges character is. Like, <laughs> like, like a cartoon. Like, it's, he can get hit as much yes. as possible and keep going. Yeah. Because it's funny.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I I feel like there's there's are certain kinds of characters that work that way. I always say that about uh the uh the Thing and also Hellboy, where it's mm. like they are really strong and nothing can kill them, but like they're constantly getting punched into the sky. And when they get hit, they don't like it. Like they're not like mm. like when you like when you you know. Hit, Shoot the juggernaut, he laughs at you. If you shoot, if you shoot, if you shoot Superman, he doesn't even flinch. If you like, if you shoot Drax, he goes, "Ow, oh no, yeah. this sucks." <laughs> um, <laughs> He's fine, but he can, it affects him. <laughs> okay, so Marley, I'm about to say something that's
1: gonna blow your blow your brain off. Okay. So they go to Ego's planet, right? Yeah. And the the title card says ego's planet. It does. Okay? With an apostrophe, right? Yeah. To mean, like, it's his planet. Yeah. But actually, it means ego is planet
0: <laughs> you're right the apostrophe is a uh, covering it's a contract different contraction than
1: yeah you it's were a thinking con- yeah it is ego is planet ego um, is
0: planet yeah i like it yeah. uh yeah that's ego- something
1: you get only rewatching it that's where you come to this pod
0: yeah ego um, uh yeah explains he it, they do they it's a little funny because he does ego does explain that he is the planet but he also talks about the planet a little bit like it's separate from him. I, I yeah. it's fine. Uh, and ego just explains that he was a consciousness that formed in in space. And learned to control the matter around him and he used it to form a planet and then he made a little guy he made a little kurt russell and he sent that kurt russell out into the universe to find other life and he fell in love with peter quill's mother and that's how peter quill happened is uh is the explanation but i want to point out that what ego says he is is he says he's a celestial mm-hmm. and yeah. i think this is a great way to segue into something that i just saw the russo brothers talk about uh in an interview which is that part of the reason i think everyone gets messed up when they try to make a marvel studios style shared universe is -hmm. that everyone thinks that the way you do that is with a meticulous plan that you stick to and then if the plan Mm -hmm. gets messed up they just bail they everyone gets scared and bails but the actual way marvel works the actual genius of kevin feige is that There is no plan and they just change things whenever they need to Mm -hmm. because obviously they weren't planning on making an Eternals movie yet when they let Ego call himself a Celestial because Ego is not a Celestial and they later introduce the Celestials and they work exactly like the comic Celestials. So there's no way Ego is one.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they just do. I think they're taking more of a. The cue from the comics, which is like, it just do whatever you want, keep going, pretend it all makes sense. Yeah, and just keep keep running with it. Yeah,
0: and like you know, if if if, and they can always do the thing they do in the comics. If for some re- if for some reason Star Lord ever has a conversation with Cersei, she could just be like, Ah, your father was a rogue celestial mind that formed a planet around itself. Like they yeah. could they can explain it if they need to. They don't need to, but I'm just saying like. <laughs>
1: I will say, the way that Ego is in this movie bums me out a little bit. More, not really when they're just hanging out with him, when you still think he's a good guy. Mm -hmm. But once he's a bad guy, I do kind of... There's a a couple moments when it feels like he's the planet, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, it feels like he's a little guy that the planet makes and he's not it doesn't feel like he's a projection of the planet it feels like he's a little guy who uses the planet especially because Peter then can use the planet too to fight him it it is a ma- little
0: it's a li- yes it does feel like the e- the little ego guy is not totally the planet and that does kind of that's a bummer
1: and yeah just like those moments when like there's long periods of time where he just stops being around. And I feel like it would have been fun. I wanted him to be more like Hal from Mm -hmm. uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey, where like in the end when they're killing him or running around in him, if he's like, no, stop, I'm your dad. (laughs) Yeah. Stop blowing me up.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there is like a weird moment when they've like, they blow up the little Ego guy and then they're trying to get to Ego's brain to kill him. And there's this talk of like, hurry, Ego's going to find us. Uh, Mm. and it's like, I don't, how does he, but how does he work? Like, you know, if there was a little guy running around in my brain, I guess I couldn't, wouldn't be able to see him.
1: Yeah. So in the comics, does ego sometimes have like an immune system
0: where there's like little monster guys that fight them? Yeah. A pretty common ego thing is that there's a a fun design. They look like purple men with like plant, not human cells, but like plant cells, like that, like hard wall kind of cell for a head. Mm. Uh, mm. and you, and what Ego does is yeah, send like a billion little purple cell guys at you.
1: Uh, yeah. so they should I have wish... done, they should have done that because they also run into a problem. They don't have anyone for them to fight. So they have the fricking, um, uh, the sovereign uh, show up. The sh-
0: yeah. I was going to say the covenant, which yeah, is what they're very... called in Halo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the sovereign <laughs> show up so that they have someone to fight because, uh, yeah, you're right. Go has no
1: little guys because they didn't even have to be those guys. They could just be like mole man little like monster goblins. To yeah, start or it out. could have
0: been a billion Kurt Russells. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, tiny little Kurt there. <laughs> I'm your dad. (laughs) And and I'm
1: I'm sure James Gunn would have been wanted to or would be willing to do that. There's no way he was the one stopping them from doing something like that. Because we see when he has more control over a movie, he's totally willing to have the bad guy be a giant starfish. Oh, yeah. That suits little starfishes out. Yeah, you Um, you have
0: to believe that that one shot where you see that the planet does have a big ego face on it was James mm -hmm. Gunn being like, we have to at least have the face.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm positive that he would want want would have wanted to lean into that more if he could have because uh, it's funny.
0: Although we we do uh, we talk about how sometimes because these Marvel movies are there there's not a plan for all 26 of them, but they do plan them in phases. That's where the internal phase thing comes from. And yeah. this movie is in the same phase as Doctor Strange. So I will say this: the theme of this phase so far is big faces that shoot lasers out of their mouths. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm, Yeah,
0: Dormammu and Ego both do that. <laughs> I do like when that happens. I guess I just wish there was more. So I do. Um, I was. I. I kind of suspected that it was never going to organically come up. So I'm just going to uh, derail this just to say my actual favorite thing in this movie is Nebula uh, oh, and yeah. Car- Karen Gillan's performance in this movie. It's. Uh, it's amazing. Like it yeah. really. I, I. I mean, I know she's popular, so it's not like she's under underappreciated or anything but like there's a point in this movie where rocket and uh rocket and yandu yandu has switched sides he was hunting them and but he loves peter uh uh they switched he his crew mutinies They're all in prison. Uh, Nebula betrays them instantly, which is great. It's really funny. Uh, Mm. And then Nebula's reward for betraying them to the other Ravagers is she gets her own ship and she's like, Mm. I'm gonna go kill my sister. And then what she does is she flies her ship to Ego's (laughs) planet Finds Gamora sitting on the surface because her and Quill have just had a fight. And she just basically crashes her ship into (laughs) Gamora while screaming and firing guns as her own ship explodes.
1: Yeah. It's so (laughs) good. Yeah. Yeah, I just love her
0: being like, my big evil plan is I'm going to run my sister over with this car. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then Gamora pulls her out of the wreckage, and Nebula immediately starts trying to kill her again. And Gamora's like, <laughs> "Seriously? <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I think the Nebula and Gamora stuff is definitely what works best in this movie.
0: Uh, um, it's so good. I, you know, I'm, I, I actually do think the third movie is going to be about that because it's going to be, it's, it's the Gamora that exists now is the evil one from the past, and they're going to be like trying to find her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I think there is a good chance we'll get some some good more good Nebula Gamora stuff. But uh, yeah, the, my one my one sort of critique of this movie that I had at the time and that I have now is that once all the characters split up in the middle of this movie, right before you find out Ego is evil and that he's just trying mm-hmm. to turn the whole universe into egos, and the only reason he had kids was to help him have like a power battery to do that, yeah. which is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but during the the second act of the movie, all the characters pair off. And have identically structured emotional conversations about their trauma. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And each one is fine, but there's four of them.
1: Yeah, the way I feel about this movie is it just kind of feels like an episode of a TV show to me. Mm -hmm. Where it's like a little bit... Like, it just feels like such a like... Oh, Kirk's dad showed up. (laughs) It's the episode where you finally meet Kirk's dad. Oh, he's a jerk. Well, anyway, back on the ship. And it's like, not... like, just compared to, like, what happens sometimes in movies where people... I mean, one, one character dies, but it's, like, a f- very side character. I mean, I know a lot of times not that much happens in these movies, but it just felt especially like a Star Trek
0: episode to me. Or more like a Star Trek movie. With yeah, those- I, I, I agree with that. It's it's the kind of plot you would do if you took, uh, like, you know, Firefly or Farscape or Star Trek and tried to be like, okay, but what's big enough to be a movie? Uh, yeah, which is partly because you know it's unusual for these movies to be true ensembles. Mm-hmm. Like part of the reason this feels like a TV show is there has to be a C plot so that everyone has a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. you have to just cut. There's a couple points of this movie where the scene transitions are are weird. Where like I think the one I noticed was Quill uh, Ego does does his whole pitch for who he is and how he met his mother and all of that, and then Quill's just like if you loved my mother, why did you leave her? And then it just cuts away. Mm-hmm. And it cuts away to, to the rock stuff that's going on with Rocket. And that's like yeah. so much more of a TV transition of we just got to keep this moving and hit all the characters. And that's not usually how you want to structure a movie.
1: Yeah. And I just feel like the whole, the quill thing, which is the center of the movie, I didn't think really worked that well. Like, I don't feel like you really, I don't buy, hit how like just, I don't, the whole betrayal and him being like, you killed my mom or whatever. I just don't care that much. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I also, I feel like maybe, cause it's kind of like such a small stakes film in some ways. Yeah. Compared to that. I don't know if it needed to go to ego is about to take over every planet in the universe right now. It maybe could have just been, he finds out ego is evil and like, needs to leave I don't know I just feel like yeah, it got I mean, really big really fast and then it cuts to showing all these different planets being destroyed and you're just like who are that's in. where are they in the
0: United States what's going on like yeah I mean I think the problem is that they wanted them to have to kill Ego because escaping Ego wouldn't be that hard mm-hmm. so like if Ego was just evil and wanted to like eat Quill then at the stake then it would just be well let's just get away from him <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And they, they needed them to go to the center of Ego and throw a bomb at his brain, which I will say is my favorite thing that happens in comics about Ego is someone goes to the center of Ego and throws a bomb at his brain. So that yeah. that part is, is good for me. <laughs> I just think maybe it
1: could have been Ego wants to blow up one planet that they're next to. Or yeah, something. yeah. Like, I just think that because there's action, the thing that they're stopping Ego from doing is happening galaxies away from them. I think it makes it feel kind of removed. Yeah, um, like they,
0: they know he's doing it, but they're not getting progress updates of all the damage that's happening.
1: They have no idea. They have no they idea. They actually have no idea that it's happening when he's doing it. They just know that Quill's got a blight in his head. Yeah. Um,
0: no, that's 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 definitely true. And yeah, I mean, all, another thing that feels... I, I feel bad... Saying it feels like TV as a negative because I am primarily a TV writer. But look, we're on tight deadlines. We can't get things perfect. We gotta make 26 episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. So the other thing that feels very TV is that Quill, understandably, doesn't trust Ego when he first meets him. He's like, mm-hmm. I don't think he's really my father. Or if he is, he sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Gamora is the one being like, You clearly miss having a father. You miss that you didn't have a father. You miss your dead mother. You want family this is even if he turns out to be evil we'll deal with it but like you have to try we have to go and hear him out but mm-hmm. then once they get there one scene later gamora's angry that quill does like ego and when when quill mm. specifically says i thought yeah, you yeah. wanted me to find a f- my family she's like i thought you already had meaning her but yeah. like you're the one that just convinced him his found family maybe isn't enough why are, it's yeah. just we, it's It's just people are just changing their opinions too fast. And like you're
1: saying, they start off being like they establish, oh, they're friends now. And then like a scene later, him and Rocket got in such a big fight that they're not friends anymore. Like they're fighting and that needs to get like, it's just a lot of stuff happens that doesn't actually matter and just gets reset and resolved. Like a lot more definitive things happen. I mean, it's basically the thing that all of their characters deal are, are around Thanos again. Yeah. So it's just the issue that they're just spinning their wheels until they can have a movie where Thanos is in it. And then with the movie that Thanos is in, like a ton of stuff happens with all the characters. Yeah. Like in the next one, they're all going to have completely different deals because Thanos is dead.
0: No, um, you're you're right. I guess that, that it's so many of these characters are tied to Thanos and they, they talk about them a little bit, but they can't do anything with them.
1: Yeah, you're totally right. It should just be this movie should be they're going to go kill Thanos, probably. That's what they all want to be doing.
0: Yeah, I did I, I did notice, one. I think one thing they could have done that would have helped is, because Nebula keeps saying that she's going to kill Gamora, and then she's going to kill Thanos. And she says mm-hmm. it a bunch of times, but I don't think she ever says it in front of Trax. Mm-hmm. Who, who theoretically also wants to kill Thanos, but never mentions that in this movie. And I and, yeah. I feel like it would have been, it wouldn't have saved, like improved the whole movie that much, but it would have, I would have, I think it would have worked better if at the end, when Nebula goes off on her own and she's like, all right, we're sisters and I kind of forgive you and I'm going to go kill Thanos now. Drax should have just gone with her. Like, that should, like they could have figured out a way to get Drax where they needed him for infinity war anyway. Like just the fact you have two characters who are supposed to only care about killing Thanos and they never talk about it. And one of them doesn't even bring it up is a, uh, is messy.
1: Yeah. Drax doesn't bring it up in the whole movie that no. that's what he's, he, he just, yeah.
0: And also, yeah. Because and, well, cause the Drax the Drax thing in this movie, which is a very mixed bag. And this is a good chance to talk about this is his oh, yeah. thing. in this movie is supposed to be his relationship with Mantis. Yeah. Um, where he's, where he's really shitty to her all the time. Yeah,
1: which also that you're like you're saying that wasn't his deal in the last movie at all. Is yeah, not. he's meant to be that they're right. It's just that they're the planet he's from. They're literal. Like yes. they do that pretty. He doesn't understand sarcasm or jokes. Yes. Um, so
0: I I feel like Volume One Drax would have interacted completely normally and boringly with Mantis, because Mantis, as someone who was just raised by ego and has never really met another person, doesn't really understand social cues or understand expressions. So Volume 1 yeah. Drax and her would have just had completely boring, normal conversations with each other. <laughs> I, guess, I guess what the
1: idea is, is they've been together for a bit, so Drax has learned how to do this and thinks he knows how to do social interactions now, but
0: doesn't. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you're probably right. That was the idea. I feel like maybe someone needed to call that out. (laughs) Be like, I liked you better when you didn't know about jokes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Because, yeah, I mean, that's like it it felt to me like when I saw – like I said, when I saw the trailer – I thought it was going to be like someone zaps, zaps tracks and he has a sense of humor now and it's weird. I, I mean, it's the plot of fucking
1: whatever bad next generation movie where Data gets the emotion chip.
0: I was just going to reference the emotion chip.
1: Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like... It's, it's Yes, it's exactly like is that. Is that also the same one where they crash land on a planet with it? Like, uh, it literally... Yeah,
0: I think so. <laughs>
1: it's such a such a Star Trek... And I just think... the thing is, none of the Star Trek movies are good. That's, it's really more like uh, saying... It's Austin, a, I think i think what you meant to say is all of the
0: star trek movies are good (laughs) yeah every star trek movie is good it's that it's that it's that it's that rule Mm. that everyone knows which is every odd numbered star trek movie is good and every even numbered star trek movie is also good (laughs) (laughs) they're all as good as some of the worst star trek episodes (laughs) Except some, yeah. All right, we're gonna we're gonna do a hero rewatch of the Star Trek where they save the whales. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one.
1: Yeah, because they're, they're all, all good. good. I feel like, do you like all the Next Generation ones, though, Marley? Uh,
0: I don't know. My friends are in them. Really? All my no, not my. Oh, you're right. I that would be confusing. No, I'm I'm doing a joke where I'm calling the characters from Next Generation my friends. <laughs> you're right. Okay. I also i also just went to see a movie that my actual friends are in so yeah i I get how that was confusing oh yeah also everyone if you're if you're listening to this and you're thinking oh i should rewatch guardians of the galaxy volume two this sounds like a good time don't do that go see everything everywhere all at (laughs) once in theaters now starring my real friends some of my real friends (laughs) it's so
1: good it's so so good um can't can't recommend it enough um a, a, and, uh, you know, probably a lot of people listening to this have seen it. because
0: I, <laughs> Statistically, I bet almost everyone who listens to our podcast has also already seen that movie.
1: <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's really good. I would say I would give it three Iron Mans.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I would. Definitely. I would give
1: it a multiverse of Iron Mans. Yeah,
0: I would. I would. Yeah, I would give. Uh, I would give everything, everywhere, all at once. If I was using your scale, uh, mm. I would give it an uncountable, unlimited, infinite multitude of Iron Mans. <laughs> using my scale, I think I'd have to give it half an Iron Man uh, because the grandpa makes himself a suit out of office materials. <laughs> so sorry, Daniels, my friends. I give your movie half an Iron Man. <laughs> 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 because you didn't have a face mask. <laughs> um,
1: but Marley, it's it is um, uh, related because Michelle Yeoh
0: is in this movie. I know she is. It's funny because I was she be- because of everything, everywhere, all at once. She was my go-to when I was saying who they should have cast as the ancient one mm-hmm. uh, in Doctor Strange, and then she's in the next one.
1: <laughs> yeah, as um, the the weirdest cameo thing that they do in this movie where it's like so campy like it's it's your it's the expendables they're here it's the old guardians team no one knows who they are and also have never been in a movie before
0: uh yeah it's it's very crazy uh Let's, let's just save it for when we're talking about the very end because I want to talk about those cameos a little bit. So is there any – I guess is there anything else you want to talk about before we talk about the very end? Oh, Rocket has a force field.
1: It's the first force field in the Oh, movie.
0: yeah. You're right. He makes a little force field. He throws a bunch of
1: bombs around and then you talk about so many people have force fields in the comics and no
0: one does in the movies except Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. So that's fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, Groot when they're escaping from the sh- Yandu's helping them escape from the ship uh, Baby Groot does completely murder A man with his little tentacles, little vines so That's cool Yeah yeah, uh,
1: when you're talking about Baby Groot, um, I was thinking that they really did the Freud's take on chilled babies, which mm. is that if a baby had the strength of a man, he would murder his father and rape his mother. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: is their take?
0: <laughs> is their take on but on what? A, yeah, Baby Groot is he really is just constantly trying to kill people. Uh, yeah, one of the main. Yeah, I really like in uh, in the in the opening where Groot is dancing and they're all fighting. Uh, mm-hmm. The way that sequence ends is Drax gets thrown by the monster and crushes the speakers that were playing the music, and yeah. just on a dime, group just starts punching tracks <laughs> yeah. for ruining his music.
1: <laughs> yeah, just as best as he can, kill it. Trying to kill
0: tracks. <laughs> trying to kill tracks. Um. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, and uh, oh yeah, and we started talking about the Drax and Mantis stuff. The the one. The joke of him thinking Mantis is ugly, I remember people having a problem with at the time. Um, and me thinking that it was fine and kind of funny. And uh, I have a problem with it now. It's not funny. It gets really weird old really fast. That it's yes. ev- Every one of his lines is about how disgusting he thinks she looks. And the joke is supposed to be like, well, he's a weird alien. So he thinks that this other weird alien is extra gross. But like they're both aliens in the same amount of way. So it doesn't really work.
1: They're just both pretty people painted a color.
0: Yeah, she's not even, she just has big eyes. She has big (laughs) CGI's. Yeah. She's not green in this movie. Isn't she kind of pink? Uh, oh, you know what? She's pink in the video game. Have you seen the video game? I guess that's probably must be That must be where you got the idea she was pink, right? Yeah. She's bright pink in the video game. That's funny. It's so weird that she's not a color. Well, it's because she's supposed to be green and they didn't want too green. It's the same reason Drax is supposed to be green, but they made him like more of like the color, not the, not the color a person is when you say they're olive skin, but the color of an actual olive, uh, is the color Drax is in these movies.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, but, because uh, it's just weird. I think my brain just rejected that she's flesh colored because... She has the antenna that are also flesh colored. Yeah,
0: they're kind of gross. <laughs> the antenna yeah. are a little gross.
1: It um, is funny. I was like, isn't she kind of pink?
0: Pink, the color that humans are sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> like... <laughs> uh, but uh, what I was going to say, though, is that the, the the scene that I remember liking and I do still like, and it's it sucks that overall I don't think the Drax mantis stuff really works anymore because there is a really nice scene. Where they're sitting next to each other, looking out over the the beautiful landscape of Ego's skin, uh, and Drax just mentions that this reminds him of his daughter, and but is you know totally stoic and emotionless. And then mm-hmm. uh, Mantis touches him and uses her empathy sensing powers to sense how he's actually feeling, and she just starts weeping. Yeah, and it's cool because Drax is someone who's always telling you that he's sad, but never acts like it. Uh, he's mm-hmm. not like he doesn't actually he doesn't technically hold like he doesn't deny his emotions. He says that he's sad about things, but you can't tell. And so it's cool. And then also that that moment is why she tells them that ego is evil, because she like empathizes with him so much. And it is, it is grief over his his dead daughter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. so anyways I That mean, think one think scene is that, cool. I think the thing that makes that weird, I guess. I don't know. I guess it's he can't present negative emotions but Drax is being so emotional through the whole film he's like so gleeful and happy through the whole thing yeah he's laughing all the time I mean it's that's why like-
0: that's why it's weird it's it's a little it's weird that he's like that because hes think is kind of supposed to be that he doesn't show any emotions and
1: then um, uh, Peter turns into a big pac-man and punches his dad and his dad's like you'll be like everyone else and he says that's fine
0: yeah um, the idea is like Peter is connected to egos magic cosmic brain but if you kill ego he's just gonna be a normal human again
1: yeah it's just like if if ego had been a little bit sillier and they said the power cosmic 50 more times (laughs) instead of no time i think i would have been like great movie i love it Yep. If it's just Peter just at any point was glowing and yelled, I have the power
0: cosmic.
1: God, and there's when, just Kirby Crackle around his hands.
0: Yeah. God, when someone in one of these movies finally says they possess the power cosmic, I'm going to actually die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to clap so hard my hands fall off. <laughs> and like, everyone else in the audience will be silent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, extra points if uh, Kirby bubbles are pouring out of their eyes as they say <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah um, instead of that they just say he has the power
1: a lot right yeah and they or call they it say the light
0: the like the light, light of the planet the power I don't know cowards yeah. cowards cowards and uh, yeah in the comics uh, and actually in a in a in the comics the way they explain Ego sometimes and I'm a little surprised they didn't do this because these characters exist in these movies Ego mm-hmm. is one of the elders of the universe He's Mm -hmm. not a celestial he's an elder Mm -hmm. and so is the collector and so is the grandmaster and they're in Mm -hmm. these movies so i don't know why they didn't tie them all together because they've never said
1: elders of the universe and if he just said i'm an elder of the universe you'd be like what's that mean where celestial just sounds like random alien word yeah he
0: says i'm a celestial and they go you mean a god and he's like lowercase g when i'm feeling humble (laughs) yeah oh this made me
1: sad when i watched it then and it made me sad again Um, because Drax says, I am also extraordinarily humble. Mm -hmm. And when I saw it, I went, Trump said that for real. Mm -hmm. Um, and I thought that again. Um, Uh, so good reminder of these being post Trump. So I'm just depressed. Um, because you know, he, Trump did just say that basically said exactly that once in an interview.
0: Yeah. It's, it's really, it's, it's been very interesting to realize that these Marvel movies are maybe the only part of my life during the Trump years that I don't associate with the Trump years. (laughs) Like almost every other thing I did those three years, I'm like, and I was sad about Trump that day, but I really do forget that with these Marvel movies. The the escapism really worked on me. I'm I'm actually very surprised. It's good. I'm glad. Especially like the owner of Marvel is one of like the biggest Trump supporters. (laughs) So you, how was I forgetting about that?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you were, <laughs> Every time we interact with this we actively decide to forget about that and say it's fine Disney's it's fine yeah. I'm not thinking about Disney I'm not thinking about anyone who makes the money from these except my good friend Star Lord I'm not thinking about Chris Pratt
0: Yeah well that's like who's the who's the god who is the the Trump cabinet guy who is also a movie producer Oh, I don't know, man. Well, anyway, his name's on Wonder Woman, uh, and people were, like, bummed out about that. And I just remember being like, did you think good people got rich from these things? <laughs> yeah, did you
1: think there were good rich people? <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: like, <laughs> it's probably good that you actually know how much, how evil these people are now.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just like you need $200 million to make a movie like this. Yeah. Some monster has to be up the pipeline at some point. <laughs> yeah,
0: at some point.
1: It's an amount of money that no one should have. Like, <laughs> I think it's okay for a government to be able to give two hundred million dollars to make a movie, I guess. But like,
0: yeah, yeah, you're you. Well, the thing is, in in countries where the government gives you money to make a movie, they don't give you two hundred million dollars. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you're not uh, the the whatever.
1: You know Canada, what? I Canada, think Canada he's... Canadian
0: Film Board does not give you the enough money to make a Marvel movie. I, th- I
1: think that these Marvel movies, not religion, are the opiate of the masses, Marley. Um, <laughs> yeah,
0: it worked on me.
1: Yeah, it's the one uh, one thing keeping you in your chains. Yeah um, I think uh, I think you're
0: right. Uh, I'll have to I'll have to reflect on that. Um, you want to talk about the end credit scenes? Yeah, let's talk about the end credit scenes Well because the, yeah the end of the movie is is the, I mean the point of this movie is supposed to be basically Peter Quill. Never had a dad growing up. Always wanted a dad. Then finds out that Ego's his dad. Then finds out Ego is evil. Then he helps his friends kill Ego. But while doing that, he realizes that Yandu the blue alien who kidnapped him as a child and constantly threatened to eat him actually was his dad and was a good dad who he loves. <laughs> uh, and he does that while they have one scene together
1: in the film. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like at the very end. And Yandu sacrifices himself to save Quill because they only have one of those little bubble space suits left. And Yandu puts it on Quill and they, fl- and flies him away from the exploding planet, the exploding planet that Tragically, does not yell. No, I didn't want to explode today.
1: <laughs> I di- I didn't even think about that though before that. Yondu and Quill, I think, don't have a scene together really, even before he sacrifices himself. No, because
0: all of Yondu's emotional scenes are with Rocket.
1: Yeah, it it really it just is like yeah. I mean, it's not. I hate keep saying it's like a TV show, but it is <laughs> one of those things where they're just like what's uh okay we already wrote the script what's the point of it (laughs) what what so wait okay so his dad is dead who because shouldn't it have been that he realizes that the guardians are his family not that actually
0: he just did have a dad who's but was a different man uh yeah that probably would have been better all especially since other characters suggest that a couple times throughout the movie (laughs) Instead
1: of how it ends is he goes, okay, wait, actually this man who I've known for a long time and has only been mean to me and tried to kill us earlier in the film was my dad and was a good dad. Yeah. (laughs) Because like
0: best case scenario, Quill just has multiple crappy dads. Yeah. There's no word. You can't go back and be like, actually that life of uh, of abuse and terror was good.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then it ends with, with yandu's funeral and they yeah because they
0: they add there's this very weird scene at the beginning of the movie where sylvester stallone walks up to yandu on like a prostitute planet uh mm-hmm. and is like yandu you broke the ravager code and you'll never have a nice ravager funeral <laughs> <laughs> you might have a great life, but when you die, oh boy, we won't be there, and we won't set off any fireworks, which I'm telling you right now is the most important thing to any ravager. <laughs> yeah, and then Yandi like, "No, oh. I needed those fireworks. I can't. I can do a joke, Sylvester Stallone. I cannot do a joke, Michael Rooker." <laughs> um. Yeah. How's, yes. your, how's your How's your Mike? How's your Michael Rooker? Can you do a good space redneck? Hey, I got COVID. <laughs> boop, boop, bop, boop. Hey, got COVID. Uh, um, also, uh, they, call it, they, they call him like whatever, Stockar or whatever his real name is, but Sylvester Stallone's technically playing Starhawk in this movie. Oh, the religious leader. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's- Uh, but yeah, that's why I, this time I noticed he has those little glowy shoulder triangles Uh and that's like the closest they could get to nod to those giant, like crazy cape fins that Starhawk has.
1: Yeah. I do not really know who Starhawk is, the comic book character. Yeah.
0: So for, for listeners who, who might not know, uh, our, our dad is very into a, uh, a political activist and pagan religious figure who goes by and the our name, mom and our mom uh who goes by the name starhawk and also there is a character in guardians of the galaxy named starhawk who is a space superhero
1: <laughs> you know what's funny is when you search starhawk starhawk uh the the real life person comes up first really but yeah but also i think there is a star wars character named starhawk probably i mean it's a nope good... there is a ship called starhawk ah, in star
0: wars okay it's a, oh, it's Starhawk Clash, class. Oh, okay. Uh, And Michelle Yeoh's character, she's technically supposed to be the other Starhawk because a man and a woman have both been Starhawk in the comics. Two Starhawks in so one film. There are two Starhawks in this movie. And yeah, so then, yeah, so Yandu. The, what they say is that the Ravager code is they don't steal children like they don't traffic children and yeah, y- that's and the one the, rule the one rule of the ravagers and yandu did it so he's excommunicated the For only no
1: the, reason the only
0: ravage every ravager uh rejects yandu except the thousand ravagers on his ship who love him
1: <laughs> yeah so is everyone on his ship a ravager too yeah
0: they're all ravagers
1: do they all get that kind of funeral cuz like a thou- yandu also kills Every single Ravenger who works for him in this movie. Yeah, and the then, and, well, realized, he, he kills half of them because they just mutinied and killed the other half. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I realized? Because all of them wanted him gone. Yeah. The only reason why they show all of them leaving is so that Sean Gunn can have a reason to be like, I didn't know they'd kill my friends. Who killed their friends? Who was on his... Who was on... Oh um, so so
0: after the after the mutiny there's that scene where Yandu and Rocket are tied up and they're dragging yeah. the people who supported Yandu into the airlock and shooting them into space. I just don't know why people were supporting Yandu after there'd been a mutiny. There
1: wasn't a point when there was like a fight, Yandu just got got captured. Wouldn't they all be like, "Okay,
0: new boss?" Yeah, I mean I think the idea was supposed to be because there's that moment when like the the guy basically announces the mutiny and everyone points guns at each other and i think mm-hmm. the idea is supposed to be you understand half of those people were on Yandu's side anyway my idea
1: as to why i think that they did that mm-hmm. is so that it would be okay that Yandu kills everyone on the ship oh yes <laughs> if they hadn't thrown some of them off the airlock it'd be like what you killed all of them yes aren't they were your trust your crew and yes. you, you didn't need to kill every
0: single one of them it's pretty um, crazy that yes i i agree that at some point probably Yandu just killed everyone for no reason and then there was a note <laughs> yeah like um
1: because also yeah sean, is...
0: sean gunn switches sides twice for very little reason both times craglin yeah. his character is craglin everyone's favorite guy craglin uh it, yeah, so then they do the big, so anyways, the point is just, when Yandu does die, you find out that Rocket emailed the other Ravagers <laughs> and told them that he did a cool thing. And so yeah. all the Ravagers show up, and they shoot off a bunch of fireworks, and Kraglin and Quill, who know what that means, are like, yeah, Ravager Funeral! <laughs> Uh-huh, yep. Uh, and, the, and yeah all and the it's all, like a
1: really long end of the film where they're all just really like dour at the funeral and then it just ends right yeah well
0: but also like every, the idea is supposed to be like every character like gamora kind of admits that she likes quill like drax sells mantis she's yeah. beautiful on the inside mm-hmm. uh, rocket even says like wow yondu's friends did come back for him even though he's a total asshole like me yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you're right every single character apologizes in a row and says that they like star lord basically <laughs> yeah uh and then yeah every every captain of the other ravager's ship is a celebrity cameo playing one of the original guardians of the galaxy from the comics the completely different team that live a three that live a thousand years in the future uh-huh yeah uh, cause it's, you get both Starhawks, you get, uh, Charlie 27, the big guy, you get Martin X, the guy who's just crystals. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's pretty, pretty wild how that's
0: the way the movie ends. And then, yeah, one of the post-credit sequences is just Sylvester Stallone saying to all the celebrity cameos, like, let's get the team back together and go rob some stuff, which is what we do, but we don't steal kids. <laughs> yeah
1: it's just so funny because it's structured like it's a post-credits scene like yeah they're gonna be in a movie no they won't <laughs> <laughs> like they've never seen a post-credit tease that's more like no that's not setting anything up yeah they're not uh, yeah that's all, all. all of them
0: every post-credit thing is just a little joke about this movie none of them are setting up uh another thing except one marley isn't
1: the adam warlock one one of them
0: well, but I mean, so yes. So at the very end, you see that the the high priestess of the sovereign has made a new birthing pod that looks like a big metal cocoon, and she's like, "I have created the perfect person who will destroy the guardians, and I will call him Adam." But at the time, they had they didn't know they were gonna get to pay that off. Like that oh, yeah. that was still Gunn just throwing in a thing he wanted to do. Like what he mm. said was that like what he said at the time was he's like, "Yeah, I'd love to have Adam Warlock in the next movie. I can't promise you that's gonna happen." And it, I just and, got fired. Yeah, exactly. And it is happening now, so that one is setting up another movie. Mm-hmm. But it, it, I don't know that it totally qualifies. It's not... Like, at this point, most post-credit scenes are actually a scene from the next movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and th- this
0: movie, I think, had straight up four after-credit scenes. Yeah. And not only that, but, like, every every time you come out of the after-credit scenes, the end credits, like, restart with a new song and new graphics. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Like if you watch it all in a row, it feels like there's just four separate credit sequences. Yeah, it's pretty pretty wild. Uh, Okay, let's do
1: a rapid fire.
0: Okay, you got more? uh just one. I was just gonna say that the 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 theme score of this movie, the instrumentation of it, makes it seem like the Avengers score, and it's kind of boring. But then at the end of the movie, you get like a disco remix of it, and it's really cool. And I wish that Mm -hmm. that had been the just the soundtrack for the whole movie. Yeah. Yes.
1: Me too. Um, okay, how many Iron Mans you give this one, Marley? You gotta go first. Oh yeah. How I many?
0: How many the film Iron Man do you give Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two?
1: I give this movie one. I have COVID. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Point seven. What <laughs> that's like what I give like any of the ones I'm like whatever. I liked it less than the first one for
0: sure. Okay. First so, guardians. So whatever you gave guardians, you give this one decimal point lower.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know Point six? Point I mean, it's to the credit of these movies, they're all in a very small band. Yeah, yeah, yes. The the difference between a good Marvel movie and a bad Marvel movie is not that
0: much. <laughs>
1: yeah, like, there's a bit of stuff in it. But it's like, yeah, the worst ones are just like, it kind of seems like they kind of threw it together. And we're just like, we got to make it. Yeah.
0: We, we got to start filming. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, I would say that I would give this movie... Oh, boy. So what I do, obviously, is count the Iron Man uh, suits in the movie.
1: Yeah. So I and this mean This is
0: another movie that
1: doesn't have a literal Iron Man. It suit doesn't, in it. but I,
0: I counted Quill as half an Iron Man last time. Um yeah. and I partly justified the daddy issues, which are much more front and center this time. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, Rocket's got a force field, which in some ways makes him more Iron Man than Iron Man, since Iron Man never has a force field in these movies. So uh, I would say our baseline is one Iron Man, half, half an Iron Man for Rocket, half for Quill, because that's what I gave the last movie. And they're both in this one. So the mm-hmm. answer is, the question is, do I add any Iron Mans? And I say, yeah, because one of uh, Sylvester Stallone's friends at the end of the movie is a disembodied robot head with Miley Cyrus's voice <laughs> Oh, wow. And I give that also half an Iron Man. So I give this movie okay. one and a half Iron Mans. But on your <laughs> scale, I'd say I give this movie a 0.2 everything everywhere all at once. Is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, interesting. Um, uh, you know, actually, he has the opposite thing as Iron Man. Because Iron Man's dad, as you find out, is actually a perfect human being. (laughs) He's awesome. Um, And his uh, his dad's best friend, who then had to step in when he died, you know, uh, turns out to be a bad guy. And Iron Man, if he had the same arc as Quill at the end, he'd be like, you know, Iron Monger, you were my real daddy, even (laughs) though you're beating me up right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're right. It's the opposite. Uh, Um, (laughs) Opposite of Iron Man. I also... uh, I I it bugs it's a bummer that these movies have less and less Cosmo the talking Soviet dog because uh he's just in a there's just a still of him in the post cre- in the credits for this one. These movies mm. should be getting more Cosmo the talking dog, not less.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh restore the Cosmo.
0: Cosmo. restore the Cosmos. <laughs> restore the Cosmos. Um okay, uh, really Hi. Yeah, so that's uh that's it. Uh next up is I I think next up is Thor Ragnarok. I think it's the one you've been no, waiting for. No, it's Spider-Man. Oh, right, cuz I was looking at Disney Plus where Spider-Man, they don't have Spider-Man. Hey, next up, we're spending $5 to rank Spider-Man.
1: Yeah. So it I think that we might be up on the run of maybe the best three movies in a row that they've done cuz it's yeah. Spider-Man, Thor, Black Panther. And
0: that's a And then Infinity War. Yeah, that's a solid 4 best what well, probably the four best ones are the next four yeah so. I mean it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if it all holds up I bet it will uh, I think it will yeah
1: what th- terrible disease will I have next
0: time <laughs> <laughs> yeah I give I give this movie one legionnaire's disease <laughs> I want to get scurvy. Uh that's easy. You can give yourself scurvy, no problem. That's but just will ch- I do it in time? That's just a choice that you make for yourself.
1: <laughs> All right, Hero Rewatch. Hero
0: Rewatch, Spider-Man, we love him. He's our best friend. <laughs>
1: boop 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 it's me the newsman i'm back thank you so much for listening to our episode please give us a follow and rating on the television if you liked it i'm a newsman our intro and outro music are by josh pan art is by will patrick austin alpern grazer edits the podcast you can follow the podcast on twitter at hero rewatch marley is marley hg on twitter and i'm Austin HG. For some more Hero Rewatch stuff, look up Austin Halpern Grazer on Instagram and TikTok. Boop, 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 and that's all the news. Boop, 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 boop. Good night, New York.